It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. You're listening to Getting Bullied, a Flyers hockey podcast. Now crank it up and rip the knob. Boy, that escalated quickly. Podcast partner of phillyisflyer.com. This is Getting Bullied. Mark Giannone, Dan Silver with us again. Ant DeGrazio, founder of Philly is Flyer. And boys, it happened. We wanted change after a 6-0 debacle in Toronto. We got change. Earlier this morning, the Flyers gave the axe to general manager Ron Hextall. And a move that not many people saw coming. Everybody thought it was the coaching staff that would get affected. And it was the general manager. We will discuss every aspect of this thing. Our thoughts, our feelings, first of all. Guys, how you doing? Dan, what's up? It's been a week. How you been? Uh, I'm good, man. Good Thanksgiving, you know. It's uh, it's just in cra- craziness, though, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And Ant, actually... You had a great little live Twitter session today. It was good stuff. That was uh, it was um, it's good good exposure for you. You look uh, pretty good on camera there. Oh man, I appreciate it. You know, somebody I had a good day. I don't know if the Flyers did. I'm still kind of. We'll see. I don't know. I really don't know how to react to it. We'll see. I guess we have to really settle in and see who the next GM is. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to go over with this. There's so many ways to look at it. There's so met, like, there's so much out there right now. Between, you know, if you look at the the statement that was brought that was put out there by the Flyers, and uh, I guess Paul Holmgren really is the one that uh, put the statement out there. Basically, he said in so many words that the Flyers and Ron Hextall were just thinking on two different wavelengths. They weren't seeing eye to eye on fundamental changes that I guess the Flyers felt needed to be made in the organization. Of course, that sparked in everybody's mind that they're talking about the head coach, Dave Haxtell. And so you go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, so let's read. So let's read the statement. Yeah, go ahead. You have it up. It, 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 it was certainly a more. Uh, there was That's a the perfect way. Perfect this. way to introduce the show. Sorry. Yeah, That's lot, need to read lot, that a lot more in this statement that you usually see when when a, a coach or GM is fired. So the statement is from Paul Holmgren, who, you know, w- was Ron Hextall's boss, sort of, although, it, you know, it didn't really seem that way because the fans really only see it from the player personnel perspective, and Holmgren wasn't really making those decisions. But, uh, but even though he was relieved as GM a number of years ago, he still ha- elevated to a big position with the team. So Holmgren said, the Flyers organization, or organization as they say in Canada, has decided to relieve Ron Hextall of his duties as executive vice president and general manager. We thank Ron for his many significant contributions. That's pretty standard. But it has become clear that we no longer share the same philosophical approach concerning the direction of the team. In light of these differences, we feel it's in the organization's best interest to make a change effective immediately. I have already begun a process to identify and select our next general manager, which we hope to complete as soon as possible. And the Flyers have uh, announced that there's going to be a press conference tomorrow at 11 a.m. To, to talk more about this. They, Who knows? They could announce a new GM. But, you know, this is uh, – I think this is – 
this was so shocking for Flyers fans because we were all thinking that Dave Hackstall or Ian LaPerriere would be fired and not Ron Hextall. But to me, and I'm sure you guys have thoughts too, to me what I'm envisioning in my head is that over the last number of weeks, Dave Scott, who's the Comcast CEO, has seen more empty seats at the Wells Fargo Arena. He's heard how quiet it is. He's seen the team's performance over the last few weeks, which has resulted in uh, many more losses than wins. And he's probably been trying to put pressure on Ron Hextall to make a change. Hey, Ron, you got to fire the coach. Hey, Ron, you got to make a trade. Hey, Ron, you got to fire Ian LaPerriere, who's, you know, overseen the worst penalty kill in the league for however many years running. And Ron Hextall, I guess, maybe refused to do it. And today, Ron Hextall, for his loyalty, got the axe instead. So that's that's kind of the way I see it, that, that Hextall wouldn't do what his bosses wanted him to do, and ultimately it cost him his job. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what that statement says to me. That's effective immediately, right now. Like I, That means to me something, I think, blew up in the last day or so. I mean, after the Toronto game, you're obviously sitting there. And I think enough would have been firing LaPerriere. I think that would have been enough to save face for Hextall, at least to save him some time. And he didn't want to do it. And I think that's where ownership was like, really? Nothing at all? You're just going to sit there and just let this happen, I guess? So, and then eventually, effective immediately, they had to do it immediately. So, I think that means they're also trying to win now. I can't sit back and watch another wasted prime year of Claude Drew go by. I just, it cannot, the team needs to move forward this season regardless. GM, coach, whoever, it needs to happen. I think what's amazing to me about this whole thing, and Dan, you're right, there was a lot more that went into that that little press release from the Flyers than really is normally let on from teams when they do this. Usually it's just kind of the standard, you know, so-and-so organization has decided to relieve so-and-so, more to come, you know, press conference tomorrow, whatever. But they really kind of went into a bit of detail about it. And it seems that there's kind of like an unrest almost that isn't, really it's not common with the flyers the flyers are usually a pretty straight laced organization they don't let a lot get out and it seems like like ant said something must have happened in these last couple of days between the loss in toronto and between this morning something must have happened a conversation must have happened somewhere in there that made paul holmgren and dave scott realize that ron hextall is he's just blind to what's going on with the with the team right now and it wasn't, and you come off, for me, the way I look at it, when they came off of the win, the 4 nothing win on Black Friday against the Rangers, I said, okay, well, here's, you know, this is perfect for the Flyers as they see it. This is a win against a division opponent, a shutout. They can build off this for a couple weeks and, and keep trying to pull the wool over our eyes that what we're seeing isn't really there. And that was shut down immediately in the first period of the game against the Maple Leafs on Saturday, when they go down 4 nothing, and it's like they weren't even on the ice. It's like the Maple Leafs were out there skating against themselves, and they were shooting at will, and just about everything went past uh, Cal Pickard, and then again, and Anthony Stolarz let in a bad goal at the end of the period, and he let in two more the rest of the, the rest of the game. And so something, something had to give, and... We all saw it. That was as bad a performance as we've seen the Flyers have in decades. And 
still even someday you're you're just sitting there waiting you're like you're like okay what's going to happen when is this coach going to go somewhere and then the bombshell gets dropped today that it's not the coach that it's the general manager and what's even more puzzling about this is they fire the general manager and then they let the coach go out and speak to the media today before the now, you know, I, I guess he's somewhat the acting general manager in Paul Holmgren, even though he's the president of the team. Before he even has a chance to address the media, the coach is out there doing it. So then it it, it makes you wonder even more, is the organization above Ron Hexall, how are they also invested in Dave Hexall, that they're letting him be a mouthpiece for the team when they just fired their general manager two months into the season? There's so many things that just don't add up with this. And then you're hearing that, Dean Lombardi is a front runner, but then you're hearing he's not. And if he is, why wasn't he just named right off the bat as the interim or the next general manager? How long is this search going to go midseason for a general manager while we're still trying to win games? There's so many unanswered questions right now. And this is an organization in unrest, and we're not used to seeing that from the Flyers. I think that this is a wake-up call, right? Because it was it was kind of easy for the coach and the assistant coaches and the players to kind of like, you know, go along, you know, okay, hey, under Dave Haxtell, Thanksgiving every year, we we've, haven't been in a playoff spot. We get off to slow starts all the time. But you know what? Our GM and our coach are kind of keep talking about how we're playing well and we're just not getting the bounces and blah, 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 blah. And in that, I think in that scenario, it's kind of easy for the players to feel like a almost like a false sense of security. Um, and even if they had gotten rid of the head coach, like, yeah, the, the players would have wanted to impress the new head coach. Uh, and there might be some new systems to learn. But ultimately, the players wouldn't feel like, hey, like I could be traded any day now because the GM ultimately is the one who makes those decisions. But the Flyers firing Ron Hextall sends the message that we are not going to be patient any longer because that's what Ron Hextall stood for. Look, he did an unbelievable job of rebuilding this team's farm system to the point where the Flyers have arguably the best group of prospects in the league. And he also got the Flyers out of cap hell by making great trades, moving money, saving dollars. I mean, Ron Hextall managed the cap perfectly to the point where they've got an $11 million surplus that they could spend right now if they wanted to, to bring in players. But firing him sends a message to the players that no no one is safe. Like We want to win now, and you coming up and coming out and giving up four goals in the first period is not acceptable. We cannot have these slow starts anymore. Jake Voracek, like you might get traded immediately. Who Travis Sanheim, you might get traded immediately. Now I'm not saying that because those guys have played poorly this year. Sanheim's had his ups and downs. I'm just saying that it illustrates that really anyone, probably with the exception of you know a Claude Giroux, uh, could potentially be traded right now. You just don't know what's going to happen, and we'll see what happens with that uncertainty. But you know, I think it it just kind of goes to show you that expect the unexpected. I mean, here's the other thing, right? They one of the reasons that I think that Hextall was kind of willing to overlook some of the Hextall issues, aside from the fact that he hired him, uh, was because the goaltending has been so bad this year, right? And we all kind of agree on that. 
the Flyers goaltending has been horrible this season. And no better example of that than in the Toronto game where Cal Pickard gave up three five-hole goals and a natural hat-trick, or not a natural hat-trick, but uh, three goals in the first period to uh, Janssen. So, you know, the uh, this basically shows that, hey, Ron, the goaltending maybe is your fault. Maybe you should have made some moves in the offseason. You didn't. Now you're using that as a crutch for why the team's not performing well. But this reflects back poorly on you. So, you know, I don't know. It would have been really interesting to hear some of the conversations that were going on between Ron Hextall and Dave Scott and Paul Holmgren that led up to this firing. Yeah, I mean, what I was kind of looking at just when I, I just kind of looked at like a timeline somewhat of the whole Ron Hextall tenure with the Flyers and particularly this offseason, because something that really resonated with me about Ron Hextall is that he said this offseason that it was time this season for the Flyers to take that next step. And so then I looked at the offseason as a whole for Ron Hextall. And I said, I'm thinking, you, you tell us it's time for the, for this team to make the next step. And then what did you do? for this team to take that next step. And it's not much. You know, they signed John or James Van Riebsdyk to the second richest contract of the offseason, and then, like, minutes later, they say that we're done. We're done with the offseason. You know, we've made our move, and that's it. And it was July when they make that determination. And you're looking at the team top to bottom, and you're like, well, wait a minute. There's so many holes on this team that need to get filled. You need to improve the penalty kill. You need a third-line center. You need a viable NHL goaltender because your two NHL roster goalies right now are both coming off of injuries, and one can't stay healthy if there was a gun to his head. And he didn't do any of that. There were players out there that could have improved this team outside of JVR. And for the first time in years, the Flyers had the money to bring in more than just JVR. And Ron Hexall dropped the ball there. They could have made a move for a better goaltender. Michael Neuwirth didn't have to be on this team. There were guys out there that could have improved their goaltending and would be doing a great job for them right now. And first name that pops in my head is Yaroslav Halak, who's killing it for the Bruins. And that's somebody that was there, available, the Flyers could have had, and they just said, no, we're good with what we have. That was the problem, and that's what I think Dave Scott, Paul Holmgren finally realized about Ron Hextall, is he is as complacent as any general manager in any sport. He honestly believes that what he has is good enough, even though there's time and time again where there's proof that it's not, and he just keeps beating the same dead horse, and... They were at their wits end with it. And I really believe that there was conversations that with him that said something needs to change. And he was very adamant that, he, that it didn't because he didn't want to be wrong. He is that stubborn. The same tenacity that you saw on the ice as a player, he just took into you know the meeting rooms as a general manager. He believed in himself just like he did on the ice. He believed that he was the best, smartest person in the room. And at the end of the day... Had he just opened his mind, had he just let the thought enter his head that he made mistakes and it's his time to change them, then he'd probably still be here and the coach wouldn't. And this team would probably play, probably be playing a lot better than they are. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, if you if you look at it in a vacuum, right, if let's just say that there were no other considerations in terms of the fans and trying to sell tickets and any of that, you know, 
if you just let Ron Hextall's team, the players that he drafted and the guys he is developing, sort of move along and he'd keep drafting guys, you know, eventually maybe you can make the argument that this team, especially when one of these young goaltenders is ready to play in the NHL, would have become a Stanley Cup contender. Maybe mm-hmm. even with Dave Hextall as the head coach. But what is not up for debate is that Philadelphia is a very tough city on its sports teams. I mean, you see it right now with the Eagles. They won the Super Bowl last year, and it's a year later, and people, based on the team's performance, are already, you know, fired Doug Peterson and all this and whatnot and just totally miserable, and they won the Super Bowl last year. Right. So think about what it's like for a team like the Flyers that – you know, hasn't won a Stanley Cup during our lifetimes, and the patience is very thin. But I think fans have been pretty patient here with the with with the situation. I mean, they haven't won a playoff series in you know half a decade, and and you saw it at the Wells Fargo this season, right? And by the way, uh, Anthony was having some technical issues, so he may or may not be be rejoining us. Uh, I think his dog's, you know, chewing on his mic or something. But <laughs> we'll see if we can get him back. But I don't know if, if it's going to happen. But um, but in any event, so you know, you've you've basically got a situation where you've got the Comcast CEO Dave Scott, who's at all the games. The arena is close to, you know, as empty as it's been. In a while, it certainly dead. is. It's certainly dead. It's certainly as quiet as it's been. I mean, you had fans paying hundred, hundred and fifty dollars a ticket to go to that Friday game against the Rangers, Black Friday, mm-hmm. and the Flyers played arguably their best game of the season. It was so quiet in there, the almost the entire game. That's not what it is supposed to be like. That's not what Flyers hockey is like. I'm a Flyers season ticket holder because I love what the atmosphere is like going to games. And it hasn't been that way in years. It's like a morgue or a mausoleum in that arena. And and they could not go on. Ownership simply could not go on with that type of situation. And Ron Hextall was not willing to even make the slightest change to do anything about that. I mean, one of my buddies, uh, Eric Zimney, uh, he's actually a Penguins fan, but he was pulling out some great stats for me today. You, during Ron Hextall's half-decade as Flyers GM, the best player that he traded for was Radko Gudis. Wow. Now just think about that. <laughs> wow. In five years You're as right. the general manager, the best player that Ron Hextall traded for was was Radko Gudis. Mm-hmm. Look, maybe he was going to start making moves this year, but the reality is that to be successful in today's NHL, you, you really can't only build through the draft. You need to be able to add some players via free agency and trades that are going to impact your team. And as a point of comparison, during those same five years that Ron Hextall only traded for Radko Gudis, or at least that was the best player that he traded for, let's take a look at the guys that the National Predators have traded for. Okay. Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, P.K. Subban, Kyle Turris, James Neal, and Kali Yarnrock. Now that is how you take a shot at the Stanley Cup and build a team. You know, you know, you don't have to make trades for all those guys, and they gave up some good players. But the point is, you need to be able to take a risk to improve your team. And Ron Hextall was so conservative with it. And I think he's a very smart guy and a great drafter. But 
it just wasn't going to work in Philadelphia unless he had been willing to make at least some concessions. And he's so stubborn that he apparently couldn't make any concessions and it cost him his job. See, the Hextall hiring came at a perfect time for the Flyers, as I look at it, because when they hired Hextall and he came in preaching patience and everything like that, the fans were already somewhat kind of bought into a patient rebuild elsewhere in the city with the Sixers. Problem is, in that time, the Sixers are now contenders in their sport. And the way the fans are looking at it, and I said this last week, every other team in the city is on the cusp of being a contender. Eagles won the Super Bowl. Sixers are a player away. The Phillies are about to make huge splashes in the offseason. And the fans are starting to realize, well, hold on a minute. How come all these teams are able to do this, but we're still dragging our feet with the Flyers? And that's a lot of that. Look, a lot of it ties into each other because most people are fans of more than just the Flyers. So they see success in other areas with other teams. And here are the Flyers still preaching patience. Here are the Flyers finally with cap space in the offseason only making one move. And of course, Christian Follin, who's played well, but I mean, you can't expect a guy like Christian Follin to really propel your team into the next level that you're talking about. And you're absolutely right when you bring up the Predators. The Predators made all those moves. You have to make calculated risks, like you said, when you are a general manager of a sports franchise. And you see last year at the deadline, the moves the Flyers could have made. Evander Kane was available. Um, Eric Carlson was available. You saw beyond that. Artemi Panarin got traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets for next to nothing. So there were moves. It's not like uh, um, there were moves out there that the Flyers could have made, not just this past offseason, but during last season, during the offseason before. And it just it was never going to happen. He, I, I honestly believe, and we said this last year when the trade for Peter Morazic was made, that we both got a sense that the fact that he had to trade draft picks for Peter Morazic to go for a playoff run now, or in this case, last season, we both felt that that was very uneasy for him, that it may have even kept him up at night. Because he really, and I, I've been saying this for a while, he really wanted to try to build this thing 100% organically through the draft. And you cannot, you cannot knock what Ron Hexall did for the Flyers' farm system. Because it's second to none, probably one of the best jobs that any general manager has ever done for the Flyers in that way. The, the, the dearth of talent that these that the Flyers have now, because of the moves he made, the savviness that he had trading draft picks to get higher draft picks to get better players, it's second to none the best thing that he did for the team. And they are set up so well in the future because of these players, because of guys like Konechny, Patrick, Lindblom. Morgan Frost, Joel Farabee, Jay O'Brien, Carter Hart, who we have to get to later because he had some pretty pretty crazy comments um, from ESPN that we saw, and we'll get into that. So right now, one thing I saw was becoming more and more apparent with Ron Hextall was he wasn't comfortable, he wasn't ready to make that big move. He wasn't going to trade draft picks or assets in terms of prospects to get a guy in here that can help them win right now, that can help them make that next step. And JVR, all that cost him was money, so he was fine with that. But 
he has so many draft picks. He has so many prospects that he could have made one of these moves that these other teams have made to better their team. And he could be in the conversation for the real up-and-coming teams in the league. But they're not because they're still relying on guys like Dale Weiss. They're rely- their, their veteran presence, that they the big veteran presence guy that they get is Christian Fulwin in the offseason. Yuri Letera is still on the team. They have broken down goalies. They have they trotted out five goalies so far this season. We're only two months into it. And it's inc- actually it's like a month and a half, not even two months. So it's incredible the moves that he thought were good enough and they just weren't. And it's handcuffed this team this season. And whoever comes in, and we should probably get into that, who we think is next in line, where the Flyers go from here, now that Hextall, who was supposed to be the white knight, the savior of the franchise, is gone. Because it's all on Paul Holmgren now, and Paul Holmgren wasn't a good general manager. So how much faith do you have that he's going to bring in the right guy this time? Yeah, it, I don't know, it's the more you sit here and think about it, there are so many layers to unpack about what this firing of Ron Hextall could potentially mean for the team. I mean, it, yeah, it depends on what kind of GM they bring in, what kind of coach that GM then hires. Uh, little things like all of these complaints that fans have had through through the years about Dave Hextall overplaying veterans and you know, you're really Tara getting ice time and Tyrell Goldborn getting called up. And, you know, how are, I mean, this is just going to be a total change for this organization. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I, you know, one of the things I thought was interesting was Sam Carcidi from the Inquirer posted a uh, nine minute interview with Dave Haxtell today. You know, the Flyers made none of their front office people available to talk about this other than that quote from Paul Holmgren. So they're waiting until tomorrow at 11 a.m. for that, which is going to be very interesting to see what happens. Maybe they're going to announce a new GM. Maybe we're going to find out more about the thought process behind it. But it just it led to a day where there were really no articles coming out with quotes from Paul Holmgren or Dave Scott. And hopefully we find out more. But this interview with Dave Haxtell was to me was bordering on the absurd because Dave Haxtell has just seen his GM who brought him here fired because presumably one of the reasons was Ron Haxtell was refusing to admit that, um, that, that there were issues with this team and was just kind of saying, Oh, we've actually been playing okay. And our starts have been okay. We're hitting a lot of posts, blah, blah, blah. Dave Haxtell basically reiterated the same type of stuff. And so one of the quotes, actually, I tweeted this out earlier today, but one of the quotes from Dave Haxtell's little press conference was, he said, we've had a lot of good performances over the past few weeks. What is, what is he talking about? What, you, I... what universe is this guy living in? They've lost, let's go the past few weeks. Today's the 26th. So let's go back to like the, uh, um, like the 13th. They lost to the Panthers two to one. Okay, they it was they played mediocre, right? Then they mm-hmm. lost to the Devils three nothing. They hit a bunch of posts. Okay, fine. They lost three nothing. They didn't score any goals. Then they fell behind big time to Tampa. They needed four goals in the last ten minutes to force overtime, and they lost. So that's three straight losses. Then they got slaughtered by the Sabers five to two. They gave up four goals in the first period. So that's four straight losses. 
they win a game against the Rangers where, yeah, they played a pretty decent game. It wasn't a great game. They played a decent game. And then they come out and they get slaughtered by the Maple Leafs, 6-0, where, again, they give up four goals in the first period. So over the past few weeks, their record is 1-4-1. Uh, and, and they haven't there haven't been a lot of good games. There's one good game. And the point is that if you've just seen your GM fired, and presumably part of it is because the guys refuse to admit that there's more issues. Now, look, Dave Haxtell probably knows that his time is numbered. But if he was trying to do anything possible to save his job, he should have come out today and been like, you know what? We need to start playing better. These performances are not acceptable. It's going to start changing. But instead, he kept towing the Ron Hextall company line. Mm -hmm. And that's, sorry, Dave, but you're probably getting fired anyway. But if that's your the way your outlook and how you look at things, you're definitely getting fired. So, you know, that was just kind of amazing to me. Um, a quote from Jake Voracek today was, well, let's see, Claude Giroux said, anytime a coach, a GM gets fired, us players, you feel responsible. If we win games, that doesn't happen. Jake Voracek said, I don't know what's going to be the next step, but we can tell that nobody is safe and it's all about winning. Good. Good. So, yeah, exactly. Thank God. Uh, Jake, Jake usually comes out and says things that... Uh, he does. That, you know, but um, it's... Uh, and Jake's right. Nobody is safe. And they uh, shouldn't be. No. And, you know, I guess we'll see again what happens at this press conference tomorrow. They're, uh, so Frank Saravalli, who uh, was a former Flyers beat reporter, mm -hmm. so presumably somewhat well, still well-connected, he sent out this tweet earlier today about the Flyers. I'm just pulling it up about the GM search and about some of the folks that he thought might be possible. Can I just um, touch on something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You bring up um, Dave Haxall basically saying that um, you know they had good performances and things like that. And I think, and I know this is the captain, and he's got to say certain things. He can't really, he probably can't give his true feelings, but this like delusional thought process kind of resonates throughout the organization when I hear I, I think it was after the Maple Leafs loss when I don't know who asked him the question but he more or less said that he thinks that this team can still make the playoffs and he, he acknowledged that time was running out and they need to play better sooner if that's going to happen here's my thing with that who the hell do you think they're going to be playing in the playoffs it's going to be teams like the Maple Leafs they're not going to be playing the Panthers that you know, they barely skated by to begin with. They're going to be playing the best of the best in the Eastern Conference. And you just got slaughtered by one of those teams. So how minutes after you come out and say, I think the I, I still think we're going to make the playoffs. It blew my mind. And I, I, like I said, I understand he's the captain. He has to be positive, but you can only take positivity so far. You can dance around that question and not come out and say, I think we can do it because Against the the real good teams in this league so far this season, the Flyers have not showed up in pretty much any of the games. So I don't know how, how you honestly evaluate the team that you play for and the way that you guys are playing, having just lost 6 nothing in a game that for the second time in a week, you let up four goals in the first period and barely showed up, and you're going to say that you believe you're going to make the playoffs? Do you see the goalie situation that you're playing in front of? I, that blew my mind when he said it. And look, I love Claude Giroux. Obviously, he is the best player on this team. All he does is produce. But 
I just need somebody somewhere in this organization to give us, the fans, some friggin' honesty and stop trying to just act like we're dumb and, and just say, like, cliche after cliche, like we're buying into it. I want someone to just tell it like it is for once, and then I'd probably feel a little bit better and think that, okay, they acknowledge that something is wrong, and now I believe that maybe they'll do something about it. But right now, all I think is what they're saying is what they believe, and it's very disheartening. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it is definitely disheartening. I think that uh, hockey players are almost never, unless you're Patrick Laine, you know, or some of these, you know, these guys are never going to say anything controversial. Jake Borchek, I guess, does sometimes. But uh, but it's the the atmosphere around this team is going to be so interesting moving forward here, mm-hmm. just because everything changes now that Ron Hextall is is no longer around. There's so much uncertainty. So this article, Frank Saravalli, former uh, beat reporter for the Flyers, uh, covering the Flyers, um, he he now works for TSN. He wrote an article about the. Uh, the ousting of Ron Hextall. He had a clever first line. He said the Flyers ran out of patience for Mr. Patient. Yeah. But he said that, uh, so he said former Minnesota Wild GM Chuck Fletcher is believed to be a front runner for the job. Well, the list of candidates potentially includes Ron Francis, Chris Pronger, Scott Mellenby, and Garth Snow, among others. So we'll get into in a little bit some of these guys he mentions, but Chuck Fletcher just to, to let fans know who he is, he's currently a senior advisor to the GM uh, with the Devils. And he had been a uh, nine seasons as the GM of the Minnesota Wild from 2009 to 2018. He led the club to six straight playoff appearances. He was also with the Penguins, where he was the GM of their AHL club. Uh and that team got to the Calder Cup Finals. So he's got a lot of experience. And here's a quote about him that was interesting, which was from Devils Executive VP Ray Shiro after the hiring. Um, he said, Chuck brings a vast array of experience working for teams at different stages of their growth. He has seen teams start from the beginning, teams that were building toward the Stanley Cup playoffs, and teams striving to be consistent contenders. Those experiences will serve valuable to us as we look to take the next steps here in New Jersey. I personally know that Chuck's knowledge, work ethic, and demeanor will be benefits to our organization. We're excited for him to work directly with our management, scouting, and coaching staffs moving forward. So one of the interesting things about him was the quote about how he's seen teams start from the beginning, teams building towards the cup playoffs, and teams striving to be consistent contenders. So, you know, he would be an interesting hiring you know, some of those other guys, I I don't really have – I mean, Garth Snow, I don't think there's any chance they bring Garth Snow, and I wouldn't think. Um, you know, talking about Chris Pronger would be interesting, but I think he wants someone with a little more experience. Yeah. Ron Francis could be, you know, potential. Scott Mellonby, I don't really know what his experience has been recently. Dean Lombardi is someone that people have mentioned. Obviously, he's the GM that orchestrated the LA Kings dynasty. And he's good friends with Ron Hextall, and Ron brought him in to help out as with um, with operations. But um, you know, would he really want to take over for Ron Hextall, his his good friend? I don't know. I mean, money talks, especially when you're uh, you don't really have a steady job and you're offered a GM job. So we'll have to see what happens. 
Yeah, um, I saw the list that was put out there, and I just what makes me what, what, what kind of like just upsets me is you think that after this whole thing with Hextall that they finally realize as an organization that they have to look a bit outside and not do the flyer thing to do, which is you know bring in bring in some former player that doesn't have experience really with the job, but the fact that he used to be a flyer it makes him the right hire. So when I hear names like Pronger and Mellonby, I just, it makes me cringe because that's not what this team needs. I'm, I don't need the flyers to be any more of a project than they already are. You already brought in the head coach from college and he had to learn on the job and that gave him like two years leniency because he needed to learn the NHL way. So now after you already have the fans basically as unhappy as they have been in a long while with the organization. You fire one former player who's just preaching patience, and now what? You're going to bring in a guy like Pronger or Mellonby so they can, you know, figure it out as they go? Why can't, like, why do the Flyers always have to be a project? Why can't the Flyers, why can't whoever's in charge just go out and say, this guy knows what he's doing, this guy has built a a contender before, this guy has had success as a general manager of the league, let's hire this guy. Why does he have to have ever played for, coached for, uh, was the equipment manager for the Flyers before? That, because it's, that exact thing, the fact that they always go back to the Flyers' well, they're always dipping in and pulling out former player after former player, former coach, whoever. They always go back to the well, and that is a huge reason why the Flyers haven't won since 1975. Because they keep getting guys that are underqualified, and they throw them a bone because they once did something good for the organization. And... It is so long past time for them to stop doing it. It's so maddening that they still like. Here's my. Here's what I think, and I, and I think I don't know. It would probably never happen. But if I'm Dave Scott and I'm sitting atop this thing, and Ed Snyder is gone, so I don't have to answer to Ed Snyder anymore. Nothing has to get ran by Ed Snyder anymore. I break this thing down from the top. I break it all down and just go a new direction with the franchise as a whole. Bring in guys that don't have any ties to the Flyers or the Broad Street Bullies or Philadelphia. Enough with these guys that they're trying to relive the past and there's a certain way the Flyers have to play. Okay, well, the certain way the Flyers have to play hasn't won them a damn thing in 40 years. So enough with the flyer way enough with the broad street bullies enough with who you used to be get people in here who are going to build what you're gonna be build a new identity for yourself stop living in the past stop trying to recreate something that has been dead for decades and embrace the new nhl build a team that can compete in this nhl not the nhl of our fathers and our grandfathers and until the flyers do that until they go outside until they go against their own grain they are not going to win a damn thing and we're going to be doing this same thing over and over again yeah i mean you know look ideally i think that they bring in a gm who has Hextall's intelligence level and thoughtful way of thinking, but is also open to making 
moves when they have to be made. I mean, that there were, look, I love the fact that Ron Hextall signed the second most expensive free agent in the offseason with James Enrique. So you got to give him some credit for that. But in his, you know, five years as GM, that's the only major player acquisition that he's made. And so, you know, I think he was, I think Ron Hextall, it seemed to be, was moving towards the person that we wanted him to be by signing JVR. He left the goalie situation uh, un, basically unfilled. You know, if he, he, uh, he, he left too much exposure there if Elliot or Norworth got injured, which both of those were kind of predictable. And he didn't sign a third-line center. But, you know, there were some options going into camp that we thought might be okay. He didn't do anything to help the penalty killing. I think he had a chance early this season when things were going south to do some of those things, maybe make a big splash and trade for a goaltender, fiery in La Perriere. But he chose not to do those things. And so he basically put put the ownership and the brass in a position where they had to do something. And they, they you know, they, he forced their hand in that respect. So I'd like to see them bring in someone that is as thoughtful as, as Ron Hextall, but also is willing to part with some of these assets. And I guarantee you that they will, because Ron Hextall is sitting around thinking, hey, Travis Sanheim is the first guy that I drafted. And I don't want to trade this guy. I'm loyal. You know, I, I can't I can't trade him. Now you're going to have someone come in and be like, hey, the Maple Leafs want Mike, want Travis Sanheim and uh you know, Morgan Frost for William Nylander, where do I sign up? You know, who knows? But whoever comes in is not going to have any of these allegiances to these players that Ron Hextall has spent years scouting and eventually making the decision to draft. So, look, I think anything's on the table. Maybe the Flyers will try and trade for Sergei Bobrovsky and Artemi Panarin. Like, I, I will not be surprised at anything that happens. I'm just really hoping that, they bring in someone who just doesn't make rash decisions like Paul Holmgren did when he was GM in terms of extending Andrew McDonald and offer sheeting Shea Weber. Like that's not, that's not what I want. I want somebody that is going to be a little more thoughtful and, and thinking about the future than that. But this team does have so much ammo if they want to go out and make trade trades because of all the young players that they've got that, it's I don't it's really going to be interesting to have someone come in that doesn't feel loyal to these guys that he's drafted. So that's it's going to be really fascinating to see who this this new GM is and like hopefully uh, hopefully it, it makes a positive difference. Would you believe that I had somebody tell me on Twitter today that um, Paul Holmgren was a good general manager for the Flyers? Yeah, that's not. Uh, not a very intelligent uh no not a very intelligent statement um you know we had obviously today was just a crazy day on flyers twitter i mean everyone was just going crazy nobody knew what to do with anything no i know the takes were out uh, there yeah i did want to uh you know one of our buddies flyers rob he's always listens to the show Mm -hmm. he sent me a tweet um some of his guesses at what was going to be next let's just see what he said hackstone will be fired when a new gm steps in i I pretty much agree with you there, Flyer Rob. Uh, no way a coach handpicked by the old GM stays. Assistants will be fired as well, probably, although Chris Knobloch, I don't know. He, he's a recent hire. Maybe Chris Knobloch will stick around. I don't We'll see with that. If they hire Quenville, he will be both GM and head coach. Look, I think almost any Flyers fan out there wants him to hire Joel Quenville. I don't know if they'd give him both 
GM and head coaching power, but we'll see. Um, talks about Wayne Simmons will be moved earlier than expected and for a goalie. Well, I don't know what kind of goalie you'd get for Wayne Simmons, and I don't know what the goalie market is, but I do agree that that this will probably increase the likelihood that Wayne Simmons is traded sooner rather than later. And he also thinks Voracek could be shopped. I totally agree with that. I think Jake Voracek is the likeliest Flyers player uh, to get moved with this decision that was made. Um, I also think guys like Travis Sanheim, you know, and uh, might might potentially be on the block, but we'll see. I think I, I think it's anything's up for discussion. It's everything. everything is, I don't know if it's a good time for Flyers fans, but it is certainly going to be a very interesting time for Flyers fans. Well, it's an exciting time yeah, because you don't know what's going to happen next. Exactly. Hopefully they make the decisions that we, we want to see them make and it will help this team be good both this year and in the future. Um, this press conference tomorrow at 11 a.m. is certainly going to be pretty interesting. It is. I don't expect to get much from it, um, but who knows? I mean, it's not – look, it's not common – for the Flyers to fire a general manager. I mean, they've hired head coaches midseason before, but for them to fire a general manager, especially, like, I keep, I keep racking my brain about this, and every time I really think about it, I get more and more shocked by it because it's so out of left field for the Flyers to make a move like this on a guy that they fully bought into and they fully sold us on. And so you're right. Anything is on the table at this point. Whoever they bring in, whenever they bring him in, hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Because this is these are pressing times now. You're in November, entering December, and yeah, I mean the if they get a guy in, like you said, by you know Thursday, that deadline for William Nylander is around the corner. Now Mike Babcock said after the game Saturday that he expects William Nylander and Austin Matthews to both be in the lineup this week. So that deadline, that December 1st deadline for Nylander is fast approaching. And if they get a guy in here tomorrow, let's say it's Dean Lombardi, and he says, okay, he first thing he does is call up to Toronto and puts a deal on the table. Wouldn't shock me. Would probably excite me. Those fringe guys, those guys that are like, uh, you know, maybe he, you know, does he have a future, does he not? Like you said, Travis Sanheim. There's so many prospects that the Flyers have that – Whoever comes in is just like, this isn't my guy. I, yeah, I've watched this guy. He's good. I don't know what the hell he's going to be. I see a proven guy right now that could take us someplace this year and in the future. So I'm going to make this move. So this the, the team, the Flyers, this it doesn't stop here. It doesn't stop that. We bring it, they bring in a new general manager and... Then they just ride out with this team and wait to really do something in the offseason. If they bring in a general manager, especially from outside the organization, the only one inside the organization who's really in the running is Dean Lombardi. If they bring in anybody from the outside and he comes in, he's going to do whatever he wants to improve this team this year. He's not going to sit stagnant for months and wait for the summer. He's going to start making moves now. And that's what fans should get excited about. I, I saw a lot on Twitter today. Uh, I put it out at underscore getting bullied. What was your instant reaction? And a lot of the reaction I got was the wrong guy. Bad move. F- hired the wrong or fired the wrong guy. Well, here's the thing. We as fans wanted change. This is change. This is as big a change as the Flyers could have made. The only thing bigger than this would have been if they somehow were able to trade Claude Giroux. Dave Haxall was the obvious move. 
the fact that they came in out of nowhere and fired Ron Hextall in November tells you that they are still going to try to go for it this year. And that's exciting. That's the change you want. This roster is going to look very different, likely, even by the end of December. Because I think moves are on the horizon. It's just a matter of who's going to be making them. But I wanted to touch on um, the comments made by Carter Hart today. Yeah, I was just just looking at it. Yeah, I mean, um, it's pretty crazy. I mean, you know, Carter Hart, obviously, we all know he is the number one rated Flyers goaltending prospect. A lot of say he's the number one rated Flyers go- prospect total. And of all outlets, ESPN comes out with a story about Carter Hart, who basically he there's different comments, and I'll, I'll get to the first one because it was the most telling about how he feels about his place in the organization right now. Basically, he's not happy that he didn't start the season with the Flyers. So here's the first quote from the article, and the article is by Emily Kaplan of ESPN. So check it out because it actually it, it gives you a lot of insight on, on Carter Hart, the player, Carter Hart, the person, and how he's feeling right now. So here's the quote. I don't really want to follow any path they, they have for me. I just want to get to the NHL as fast as I can, Hart said. I appreciate the fans and love the city of Philly. I want to be there as soon as I can. I don't care what path it is. I want to be. I want it to be the quickest path possible. Later in the article, she basically he basically said that he was very disappointed that he was sent down at the beginning of the season. Now, the more you read it, and the one thing that stood out to me is she said that he has been seeing a sports psychologist since he was ten years old. This is probably the most mature, poised twenty-year-old in America right now, or the most screwed up one. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really think of it that way. That's very pessimistic of you. But, but I mean, the, the point basically is, is even the players, even the number one rated prospect who you would expect to just, you know, toe the company line, oh, you know, whenever they're ready for me, I'll be ready and things like that. He spoke out against the organization on a day that they fired the general manager. So he finally felt safe to say, no, I don't like where I'm at. I don't like how they've handled me, and I I think I'm good enough to be in the NHL. And given what they have right now, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to disagree with them. So I, I don't think that he's, like, disagreeing with the Flyers or coming out and ripping the Flyers. I mean, let's look at his quotes, right? He said, I don't really want to follow any path that they have for me. Okay, but that's fine. That's, you know, he wants to be in the NHL as soon as possible. I don't think he's necessary. He didn't say anywhere in this article, like, I am ready to play on the Flyers right now. I mean, let's remind fans that right now in the AHL, he's played in 12 games. He's got an 884 save percentage, which is real bad, and a 3.61 goals against average. So, I don't know if there's anyone out there that would tell you that based on his play so far in the AHL, that Carter Hart is ready for NHL action. And look, his he's had a couple really bad games, and they were mainly early in the season, and he's been a lot better recently. But he has not been great as a whole. And I don't – I mean, reading the quotes, I, you know, he's saying, look, I want to be there as soon as I can. I don't care what the path it is. I want it to be the quickest path possible. He's not necessarily saying that 
again, that he's ready right now. He said, look, he said, I was really disappointed to be sent down after training camp. He's not saying I shouldn't have been sent down after training camp. He's just saying he was disappointed. So I didn't really view his comments as like anything really controversial. I think he's just saying, I want to be in the NHL as fast as possible. And that's what I want, you know? So he's very confident. Um, I didn't really view these as controversial comments. I think he was just expressing his thoughts on his his impatience of getting to the NHL. But I don't necessarily think he was disagreeing with how he's been handled so far. I think he's just not really happy about it. And I think um, I think if this move isn't, you know, the, 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 see the whole the whole thing is timing with this. It's the day that Hexall gets fired, and then these comments come out. So it just kind of it's built. By, you know, not so much the writer, but it's probably built more by ESPN to spark up that some type of controversy. And otherwise, nobody, you know, nobody sees an article on hockey from ESPN because that's not where you're going to get your hockey coverage. Point is, I think this I think just right now it's all tied in together. I think it's, you know, this this overly patient approach. And with that said, I mean, given how the Flyers have played this season in front of the goalies that they have had, the last thing that anybody should want is for Carter Hart to be playing on the Flyers right now. If he's going to get beat, let him get beat at the AHL because in the back of his mind, you know, he, he even said it, you know, he, there were things that he could get away with, with the silver tips that he can't get away with anymore. And he's making the correct adjustments. And, the things that he's getting away, the things that he was getting away with with the silver tips would be even more brought to light when he's in the NHL with literally the best players in the world. So don't take this as I think Carter Hart should be on the Flyers because the best thing for him right now is to be down where he is. I just think, I just think that he might not totally agree with what the Flyers are doing as far as him. You know, I don't think he really take I don't think he's really taken too much stock in what they're doing with the other prospects. But, you know, from his perspective, I think that he probably thinks that he would he would be able to handle his own in the NHL. And that's what you want. And your number one goalie, the guy that you're you know really basing that you're leaning your franchise on probably as soon as next season to be the guy. I want him to walk into the room and say, I am the best hockey player in this room right now. I want him to walk into a room with Patrick Waugh, Marty Brodeur, Bernie Perrant, and say, I'm better than each and every one of these guys in their prime. Because that's what you need to be an elite player, to be that assassin, to be that cold-blooded guy that your team leans on late in games. That's what you need to be. You need to be that confident and just see yourself as the best thing going. And I think that's what he thinks. He may not ever come out and say it, but his just stoic attitude, his confidence, his poise, tells me that he thinks that he is that damn good. I, like, again, yeah, he is not short on confidence, but no. he he hasn't been that damn good so far this season in the AHL. So, you know, I think the, <laughs> there were some rumors started today that one of the reasons Paul Holmgren uh, partly made this move or, you know, that the ownership made this move is that Hexel refused to bring up Carter Hart, and that's what Paul Holmgren thought he should do. But I, I don't know how much I buy into that just because it's very hard to look at his 
maybe he could have said that he thinks he should have started the season with the Flyers because he did have a very good training camp. But based on what he's done in the AHL so far, any rational hockey mind would have a tough time making the argument that Carter Hart should be on the Flyers right now. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And that's that's what this whole thing, you know, and that's what makes this so much more interesting moving forward is, you know, the guy that they bring in, how willing he's going to be to, you know, if a guy's impressing at the, you know, at the AHL or, you know, next season, next off season when you have prospect camps and you have training camp, you know, how willing he's going to be to bring a guy up that is impressing. And obviously Ron Hexall at times was very tentative with that. And there were times where he wasn't. You know, Ivan Provorov and Travis Konechny are definitely signs of that. But then there were other signs. You know, Phil Myers is a guy that a lot of people believe should have been up to start this season. You know, Vorobiev was a guy that was up here. They gave him a chance, and they probably sent him down too early. Uh, Albe Kubel was already back down with the Phantoms, and he was playing well. So, and a lot of that goes in the coaching, I think, as well. But what's even more interesting is these highly touted prospects that the Flyers have, mainly Carter Hart and Morgan Frost, next offseason in training camp, during prospect camps, how willing is the next general manager going to be to bring these guys up if he thinks they're ready? And, you know, it's, it's, it's a ballsy thing to do with these guys that have never played a second of hockey in the NHL. But you have to have that guy that just has the right eye and sees things in a player that other people don't. And that's what makes all of this so much more interesting is you have you had a plan laid out with Ron Hextall for guys for the you know for these prospects and now is coming in a guy that could have a completely different path for these guys so everything in the organization is about to get shaken up and it's not just in you know it's not just on the NHL roster it's these prospects that we've been waiting for that we've been so hopeful for you know the guy that could come in a guy could come in and say you know what these guys aren't as good as you think they are and start trading them off you just don't know what's going to happen and you know, it's it's scary, it's exciting, and it's it's just all around nerve wracking all at one time. And ah, this whole day has just been draining. It's been I haven't been off Twitter once today because of what's been going on. And I don't know what the hell's going to happen next. Yeah, we're going to find out tomorrow at eleven a.m. If not sooner, um, at least we're going to get more information. But look. They're an NHL team in season right now. They can't go that long without a general manager. Right. And you've also got to think that whoever the GM is may bring in their own head coach pretty soon. So they, and, and there may be some trades that are made. So this season is, is now uh, gotten a lot more interesting. Things are going to be very interesting in Flyers land. They take on the Ottawa Senators tomorrow night. Um and then they don't play again until Saturday. So there are a lot of off days for things to happen with this team. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely between Tuesday and Saturday, I would expect somebody to be brought in. And, you know, realistically, the guy that they bring in will probably, I mean, I, I would I would imagine that whoever they bring in, if he's going to move on from the head coach, he's going to do it as soon as he gets in. Because there's guys out there that could that are very, very good, elite, if you will, one in particular, 
NHL head coaches that could make a difference now. So I think there's going to be this team, like I said, in a month could look entirely different than it does right now. But let me ask you this. How much turnover can a new general manager make in season with all the problems the Flyers have? A lot. I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, it's, you know, you trade prospects. Trading prospects isn't going to make any difference for this team in season. Um, You know, you could trade prospects. You could trade some of the young players on uh, the Phantoms or the Flyers. Uh, You can hire a new head coach. You can hire new assistant coaches. You can trade draft picks. I mean, I think the sky's the limit for what changes that can be made in season. Well, uh, I don't know. Look, things are about to get – and here, from my perspective, I was I was very excited to do this podcast tonight, more so than I have been in so long because every other one we've done, especially in season, has been, you know, just agreeing with, oh, the Flyers are bad. Here's why they're bad. It's just been negative. It's been hard to do. It's not exciting to do when your team isn't playing well. And even in the summer, you know, it was just – it was a lot of prospect stuff, which is good, but – there wasn't much else to talk about. There wasn't, you know, there was the big JVR signing, but there wasn't anything else. There wasn't anything to say like, hey, they got JVR, this guy, this guy, and this guy, and now let's look ahead to the season. It was, okay, what are their problems going into the season? Because so many of them didn't get addressed. So, like, now, this episode, I was like, okay, finally something happens. Finally something that we could really sink our teeth into and discuss and break down. And there's like, there's so many different angles to look at this thing. And there's so much more to come. It's not just Ron Hexall gets fired. Everything's status quo from here on out. A lot more is going to change. This team is about to go through what I believe it will be a major overhaul. And it's good. This is finally, finally, it's an exciting time to watch the flyers because there's going to be new players coming in. There's going to be players going out. And you don't know what you're going to get, you know, especially in the next week. You don't know what the hell this team's going to do. It's great. Yeah, it's, uh, again, you know, we like excitement. I just hope that it's excitement that helps this team win. Yeah. Now and in the future. I agree. We'll see. It all, all, all remains to be seen. And it's very disappointing that, uh, that, uh, Ant just kind of fell off there. Yeah, I had some uh, some issues there. Well, you know, it is issues with the mic. You know, just it gotta happens. get his tech straight. He does. He does. I'm sure we'll he'll get it done. We'll get him straightened out. All right, Dan. Um, it's your favorite your favorite time of the show. Your shameless plug and where everyone can find you and your breakdown on Twitter of said moves coming for the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can find me on Twitter at dsilver88. I know that we're going to have a lot of uh, good content up on the site, uh, www.phillyisflyer.com. Lots of great content will be coming up there. I uh, will see. Hopefully, I'll have a chance at some point over the next week or so to, to write something. I want to see kind of what the fallout is with the general manager and with the coach. But, um, you know, I know that we're going to have a lot of stuff being written up there. You've written some good stuff that's going to be posted soon. Anthony said that uh, getting bumped off the show, he's actually been working on a piece about it. So, That'll be going up there, so stay tuned to uh, phillyisflyer.com for some of that content. 
Absolutely. Um, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Flagman Two Ends. You can follow this show at underscore Getting Bully. Listen to the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, the podcast tab on PhiliasFlyer.com. Read my write up of the firing of Ron Hexall. Very brief, just you know, kind of an overview of what's happened so far. Um. I'm going to be diving a little bit more into that. I'm working on it right now. Hopefully, that'll be up in the coming days. And, yeah, so look for that on phillyisflyer.com. Well, Dan, like I said, there's going to be a lot that's going to happen within the next week, between now and next week, when we do this show again, as far as Flyers, new general manager, who it's going to be, what he's going to do, what his philosophy will be. So much is about to change with this hockey team just in the next week. We will cover it all when it happens and next week on Getting Bullied, the... No, it's a very good podcast. Maybe not the best. But in any event, just keep it locked here for everything we have to say. Read Philly as Flyer. And until next week, let's go Flyers.